Hey guys, welcome back to Blurred Box. I'm Chloe. I'm Haven. I'm Pooja. I'm Sophie. And if you're a new listener, welcome. Basically, we're four online students from Stanford University's online high school who like to talk about a variety of interesting topics like world events and our lives in an online school. And because we like to hear new perspectives, we invite guests to take part in our discussions and share their views. Now, if you're a fan of the movie Black Panther, be sure to stay with us. Last week, we talked about affirmative action in higher education with one of our college counselors, Dr. Lips. And that got us interested in affirmative action in other aspects of modern society. Yeah, um, today we're excited to introduce our guest speaker today, Marie Tagbo. Um, So we have Marie joining us today. Um, Marie is going to school for what exactly? Collaborative arts. So it's basically acting, film, writing, and a bunch of other stuff all put together. (laughs) Awesome. Marie is with us here today um, to talk about representation um, in Hollywood, specifically the representation of Black women in Hollywood. So before we jump into kind of our, our bigger topics, Marie, generally, I'd just like to hear what your thoughts on this are, what your personal experience with this has been, and what the importance of it is. And by it, you mean representation. Representation. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I guess I'll give you guys a little bit of background on me starting out in acting. Um, I've been acting, I want to say, for about seven years. Um, I started when I was like nine, and I did theater, and now I do film. Um, And one of the biggest things for me is that I never had a role model going into film. And I would watch all these shows, and I would see white girls, and I would see sometimes brown boys, but I never saw a girl who looked like me. So that really was pretty hard for me because I was always like, maybe I can't do this. And that sort of changed when I was around uh, 14, 15. And I saw Viola Davis, she was in The Help. And it honestly like changed my whole perspective. I mean, it's really hard to get started in the industry, but it's really hard to get started at like, I think Viola Davis was in her, I think 40s or a little bit older than you typically get in the industry. And she was this amazing powerhouse of like an actress. Like she just, you see her ugly cry and it's just like, you feel that, you feel that. And it really let me know, you know, it's important. And I going on saw myself to be sort of like a role model, I guess, for other girls who are younger than me. My fan base became largely um, young black girls. And I realized it's so important to have that image because you sometimes you don't know if you can do something or you don't see someone who looks like you doing it and you think maybe it's not for me. And I think that's starting to change and that's why representation is so important. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of your fan base, could you actually tell us a bit more about, you know, you do run a YouTube channel and the other things that you do amongst outside of school to give our audience a bit of a feel as to who you are and kind of what you do as well? Yes. So I do have a YouTube channel. I wouldn't say it's like the biggest YouTube channel, but I do have a community um, of young people that I talk to about acting. Um, recently, I came out with a book called How I Became a Teen Actor, which is basically talking to young teens about how I started in the industry, how to an agent, how to get headshots, um, and how to do this. Sometimes you don't live in LA and you don't have anyone else around you doing it, but this is your dream. And I wanted my platform, my Instagram, my YouTube channel, my book to be about, hey, anyone can do this. Um, Here's how you do this. Here's step-by-step everything I've learned over the past five years. And I'm giving it to you guys and run with it do what I did so glad you're giving representation because a lot of people just don't realize how important representation is 
like culture reflects our society, but culture reflects us. To see people of color in the big screen or dominating whatever field they want to, it gives me hope that I can do the same. Yeah, yeah because absolutely. yeah, we live in a society that discriminates, whether it be color, gender, socioeconomic status, nationality, sexuality, whatever it may be. And a lot of times it discriminates on things we can't change. So we always think that we're not going to have the same opportunities. But to see representation, it shows us that we don't have to change to succeed. I think we, that's amazing. The type of representation right, yeah. is also really important, too, in what we're seeing. Because um, I, I think definitely a, a fair amount of movies play into this, like, uh, token minority role, right? Where they're like, oh, but we did hire a black actor or something. But they fill either, A, a very stereotypical role, um, you know, or they're even cast on the basis of being, like, urban, right? Which to them is like, oh, we want you to speak, you know, um, like, with a completely different dialect. And uh, we don't really want you to be as classy as, you know, other people, Um or if it's in other places like that. So I think that's why Black Panther was also so important to a lot of people, not just because it hired people, um, you know, to show uh, like black actors, um, you know, in such a large majority of the movie, but it also had written the movie for them um, based on African heritage too. So I think that type of representation of, um, that's not just based on, you know, um, tokenization but on like the actual story that they wanted to tell was really important to people yeah, yeah what I especially loved about Black Panther and Maria you probably love Black Panther yourself wait but, everyone uh, here has seen it right of course yeah I have for me what I really liked about Black Panther was that it was so transformative and it doesn't dodge themes about race or identity either it actually like faces them head on so it brings forth those problems without trying to go around it like maybe some other movies might have. Um, But it was also one of the first mega budget movies that wasn't just about superheroes, uh, not just about superheroes, but about anyone to have an African-American director and predominantly black cast. So that was a huge part of Black Panther. But I also like that they took this issue and they faced all of it head on, but they also did it in such a good way that it appealed to the masses. I think that kind of ties back into like how Martha Luther King Jr. wrote his letters and to appeal to the masses. Pooja had actually just um, kind of touched on this already in her last comment that she made about how one of the reasons Black Panther was maybe able to give people such accurate representation um, for their African-American audience was because it was directed by R- Ryan Coogler, right? That's right. Um, so by a black man himself. Um, And I think that when you have those experiences of um, either facing like discrimination in your own life or even just being able to write your own story is really important because we've talked in past podcasts, too, about what it's like for women represented in the media, especially where they aren't really able to write their own storylines, but rather they're just used as tools to further someone else's especially in, you know, like superhero plot lines where um, the woman is like a love interest or they exist to die later to provide oh, yeah, you know, yeah. tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, this in one of our previous episodes with Disney characters. And I think we talked about this with the uh, toxic masculinity and touching upon how yes. that is like oh, yeah. represented in even like cartoon movies, which and is Disney. like really funny to me. Yeah. But yeah, 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 but, right. Interesting, Marie, that um, like the first time that you saw like, 
yourself with um was in viola davis well you guys have done your read you guys are very well versed on what the industry is and how representation of you know uh i don't want to say skewed but it is sort of problematic in the our current industry i think um Haven, you pointed out this sort of idea of like the token minority. And I think that's such an impactful, you know, thought because if we have, we kind of had this sort of affirmative action, even though it was kind of not really said where you have to have the token black friend or, you know, you have to have, you know, maybe a woman. But what was happening with these characters is that people would sort of just like push them to the side and be like, oh, we have, we cast a woman, we're done. But it would end up just being, she's a sidekick, she's a side chick, she's the love interest, but her own life doesn't exist outside of that. And you, you see that so much. You see that um, also with uh, black female characters or black characters where they're the best friend. I mean, how many times have we seen the white male lead and his sidekick uh, black friend? I'm thinking or, about um, Cher um, and was it Monet from Clueless? That was, yes. I, that was, I was just about to say that. It was the first thing I was thinking of because you have, you know, yes, girl, I'm here. I'm going to support your relationship. <laughs> you can see that with um, Tall Girl, which is this new movie that came out and oh, it yeah. blew my mind because it's this, you know, you can tell privileged white girl and not that she can't have her own struggles, but spends the entire movie complaining to her black African-American friend about her struggles. And her friend has basically no issues except for maybe she doesn't know about fashion. It's crazy. So I think you guys really hit the nail on the head of that. It, It can't just be, it can't just be diversity. We can't just have a label and be like, this is diversity and we like it like this. It has to be, portraying people as these well fleshed out characters and I definitely know for me um it's not very explicit it's never like oh we're we don't want um you to audition for our movie it'll be like um main character female Caucasian it's always Caucasian and she always has to be sexy pretty hot and any character that was going to be the best friend character is characterized as any ethnicity. So anyone can be the best friend character, but it's it's only the main character leads that are reserved for white people. And I it's almost changed sort of now, but it, it hasn't gotten much better. And now there's a lot of colorism mixed into that. So it will be like, yes, we want a mixed girl for the main character. We want African-American slash Caucasian. We want in Zendaya. We want Zendaya. We want Yara Shahidi. We want Amandla's, I don't remember how to say her last name, but we want a girl who looks a certain way. It's very, uh, the girl from Missandry, I think, from Game of Thrones. We want a girl who's like light-skinned and fair and has, you know, 3C hair. And there's still a a gap. There's still something that's missing for black women where they're not able to be themselves ugly, pretty, however they are and exist being dark-skinned. And that's also why as you guys are pointing out, Black Panther was so important. I mean, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, she's amazing. Anyone, you know, all everyone knows her work. <sighs> so gorgeous. And she's just this amazing uh, dark-skinned woman who plays lead roles, who has her own movies, and who's creating that representation and is really taking the forefront of something that's honestly never really been done before um, in Hollywood. Right. And from that, do you think that, you know, have it 
being one of the best-selling movies of all time and having the impact that it did, like we've talked about. In your opinion, it should be a very positive step, or we would assume, right, that it should be that positive step to lead to more opportunities in Hollywood for you, or no? Yes, and I've definitely seen a change, especially after Black Panther, and I think what Black Panther did is that it showed that people want to see Black stories. They want to see an African-American cast. They are willing to pay money. It's valuable. And I think once you can convince people that there's money behind what they're doing, they're they're more incentivized to do it, which is sad because it's like these movies should have been made anyway. But there's a lot of pressure on Black movies to be even more successful, right? Like you can have a, a superhero movie that flops, right? But you can't have a superhero movie with a Black cast that flops. So that really showed that we are able to, I guess, generate that sort of audience while still telling a Black story. But the story doesn't have to be like a Black movie. I think that there's a, there's a difference there. You know, we've had our Selmas, Martin Luther King Jr., 12 Years a Slave, which are very, very Black movies about the Black experience. But being Black isn't all about fight the power, marching down the streets, you know, trying to fight off segregation. It's also about daily lives. It's also about living in a fantasy world. It's also about being a superhero or being a, I don't know, whoever you are. And I think Black Panther showed that there's a whole other world of um, storytelling that we can still carry and still generate an audience. And I think that was really, really impactful. But yeah, all I was saying was that Black Panther did a great job just facing these problems head out, but in an appealing way. I think through a superhero film and through a Marvel film, it was a great way to access the general population and show awareness about this issue. And I also thought it was it's very important how you bring upon your message. If you want to appeal to the masses, you have to make sure you convey it in the right way. I think that's what Martha Luther King Jr. did in the past with his letters. He made sure he brought his message for the population without being super, I don't know how I would put it, but he crafted his letters in a way where it would resonate with everyone. But that's really important, I guess. Right. I I might even, um, I think it's interesting that one of the things that you you said, Sophie, um, in that Black Panther, like, uh, I think you said, like, confronted this issue head on. Um, the issue I guess you're referring to would be like maybe representation um, in media, right? And I, it's interesting because I think that there were differing opinions on whether that was actually like a significant purpose of the movie, right? Um, where just like Marie was just saying, you know, like not every movie is about like uh, being black as a storyline. And definitely like even I mentioned before, I think it, w- it was great that they wrote their characters um, with like cultural context um, and there was also huge themes throughout that movie. You know, the whole idea of Wakanda is like, what if colonialization didn't happen? And what if we'd been left alone and been able to create something great, you know? Um, so definitely there are trends of that. But I think one of the great things about Black Panther was that it was also written as a superhero movie, you know, and it was a pre-existing mm-hmm. movie. So it wasn't written um, as like, OK, we've got to throw uh, you got to throw people a bone, you know, and um, write something for them, you know, but it was written um, as like a part of the Marvel franchise. And those are really good movies. Um, and I think that was maybe one of the reasons why also that representation kind of clicked because um, it was also something that was familiar to us. Um, you know, Black Panther succeeded um, in large amounts because, you know, black communities went out 
of their way to support it, you know, because, uh, you know, you recognize the importance that representation has once you're able to see it. Um, but it was also just a good movie because people were more likely to, you know, understand, you know, and not feel threatened, you know, by maybe not seeing themselves represented on the screen as much. Um, and I feel like it was a good, um, for those people that did feel less rep represented, um, you know, like white people who went to the theaters and were thinking like, okay, I don't see myself in this movie at all, except maybe Martin Freeman, you know, I don't think anyone really wants to relate to, uh, <laughs> no shade at him. Um, but I think that the people who are self-aware about feeling that way are able to kind of maybe see why this representation was important, um, going back to the importance that Marie had placed on it earlier. Yeah, yeah. I think that kind of speaks to how representation isn't just a it's not just a modern thing, right? To have representation for Black people, you have to build it in. You have to start creating things, right? Like the comic Black Panthers existed as like this sort of image in a comic. I used to watch him as a character in superhero shows, you know, when I was a kid, and he's obviously existed a lot longer than that. And it's important to understand that's why it's not an easy solution to just make a Black movie, right? You have to build you have to have we don't have a harry potter yet for black people or for hispanic people we don't have a percy jackson or um any of those things and that's what makes it hard for it to change you have to kind of go step by step making more books making more movies making more web series that do just have you know african-american people i think this connects to something we're probably going to talk about later but for example with idris elba and james bond you can't yeah. Not that you don't want to have Idris Elba as James Bond, but why not make his own character, make him his own, you know, setting, his own thing, and let that be that. Because even though he, uh, him as James Bond would be great, he would be so amazing as James Bond. He has the charisma, he has the acting chops, but there will be so many people who will just see him as, oh, well, you're not my James Bond. You're not, you know, I mean, I right. know Craig got a lot of, uh, I guess blowback for being James Bond because he was blonde hair and James Bond was originally black hair and Idris Elba obviously um, got a lot of criticism for even the thought being out there. So it's like just make, I think people have to start making um, their own and kind of not separating themselves because it shouldn't have to be that way. It shouldn't have to be, it, there shouldn't have to be this pressure to appeal to the masses and make it for everybody and make your own thing but because of the way it's set up now you almost kind of have to I don't know if that makes sense yeah are you for it though or not like are, are you for that whole Idris Elba as the next James Bond and like could you tell me like why as well oh my gosh I mean I'm so for it personally um I also am not a fan of James Bond I've never really seen or been invested in the movies you know I think if you've had two or three white James Bonds, there should be no problem. I mean, James Bond wasn't really necessarily created that he had to be a certain race, and if you've already had that, um, then there's no problem with it. At the same time, it's like, I feel like it is all about to have this amazing quote, and now he feels discouraged about playing this character, right? Because if he doesn't get the role, it's maybe because he was black, and if he does get the role, then it's because he was black, and he kind of feels the sort of I there's no win-win, I guess. Yeah. No we exactly. talked about this a little bit during our affirmative um, action conversation, too, where there's a very fine line between, um, you know, uh, examining a person holistically, you know, and not examining race at all and just, you know, writing for a character and casting based on skill. 
between also understanding that it matters to an extent uh, for storytelling and for representation and for all of that. Um, so I was reminded of this also when you mentioned just, you know, like um, there was no black like Harry Potter or Percy Jackson or like childhood stuff like that. Um, but I know that Harry Potter has gotten, especially, I'm not so sure about Percy Jackson, but Harry Potter also has gotten a lot of um, like fan art, right? That capitalizes upon the fact that in those books, um, he's very explicitly like, not ever described as having light skin but he has like you know his green eyes and like black hair and same for Hermione you know like big bushy like uh hair and then nothing about her skin tone right um Ron is a redhead so we'll give him that um but it's (laughs) interesting that in the initial like um movie interpretation of what the protagonists or the heroes were gonna look like they were like let's find our little white kids you know, even though there was room to interpret it differently. So I think it's kind of similar with James Bond, where the whole point about James Bond is that there isn't one of him, but he could be like, you know, whoever he you want him to be, he could be you, he could be me, you know, all that. Um, can't be a woman, apparently, but I digress. Um, you know, but it's interesting that people are, are so opposed to that, because like you said, like, it's not my James Bond, it's not the one I'm used to seeing. Um, and that was probably a big reason why people are afraid to take these literary characters too um, and feel like they're doing something with them. Like they're changing who the character is meant to be, even when, you know, it's their skin tone or or their race or whatever isn't ever mentioned. So it's like, we assume the hero to be white. um, And that is problematic for us to stop assuming that. Oh my God. You, that is exactly correct. I think assuming it to be white, I think you saw this with black Ariel. Um, I think they just cast, I would say, uh, Hallie as Ariel. Um, and she's gorgeous and she can sing and she's a fish. So fish (laughs) don't have race. race. (laughs) They do. And it was a huge thing on the internet. And I think it almost, people almost feel like it's oppressive to them that, um, they're not being represented in these characters that they've seen growing up. And I think I can understand that to a certain extent, but I think what I would love people to know is that if you've grown up seeing yourself in almost every Disney character in almost every fantasy fiction, a spy novel, superhero movie, you can't understand how important it is to, you know, see a black Ariel or a black James Bond or even, you know, a Hispanic. I think they had a Spider-Man. He's Hispanic and he's black and that was really cool. But so it might feel like oppression to you to see your character switched. But I wish people could know that they, if they take a step outside of themselves and see, hey, I've had this. Let me give it to somebody else. It's somebody else's turn. It's a really helpful perspective to see why representation matters. Marie right. makes a very good point there. Yeah. Yeah. It's less about one person dominating the other, but more about everybody having some sort of equal opportunity and not just um, conforming to one standard or just assuming one thing. So I really resonate with what you said, Um, especially because young girls and boys, especially of color, um, they look up to the people who they see in media. And if they don't see someone of their color, it's very hard for them to feel like they can also aspire to be that one day. And so I think it's great that you you saw that in Viola Davis and you you inspired to um, kind of follow the path that she had also set. And even you being 
it wasn't, it still wasn't popular when you entered the acting field for women of color to be involved in filmmaking and acting. So I was just wondering what sort of advice you give to your followers regarding that and what questions they approach you with, because I'm sure there's a bunch of young girls of color who approach you about entering acting. I have to say, first of all, I love this question. And I think I, I really appreciate this question because it's such an important thing for my platform to, and what I would say to young girls is to know that they can do it. And it's so hard because, I mean, you do see it starting to change. There's this amazing movie that came out, Stella and the Spades, and it's about these two black girls at this boarding school. And it reminded me of me. And it only came out this year, but it shows that there's a, a sort of, um, a sort of turn in the industry. Um, you see Euphoria, you see, oh, Never Have I Ever, um, so many cool, amazing shows that are changing. So right now, if you're an African-American girl, if you're an Indian girl, if you're an Asian girl, like there's so many opportunities now more so than ever because I think people want to see that and they're recognizing the value in that. So look at yourself in the mirror, tell yourself you can, find a role model, really look for there's always a few, even though there's not many, there's a few movies out there for everybody. So pick those actors and try to follow their career path. And um, know that, you know, maybe your hair is different. My hair is in dreads. And, you know, maybe not every casting is for you, but the ones that you do have, take those castings and just show them why it's important for you to be seen, for you to be heard, what special thing you have. Because everyone's special and you can you can change the industry just by being you I love that oh my god (laughs) yeah that's great um Marie one thing that we've started to do on this podcast um as you may be familiar with with our blurred box podcast is we introduce the concept of uh, a box that's relevant to the discussion at hand and we're going to ask you to kind of identify um, some words or phrases that you feel fit inside that box of the word um, and then words or phrases that you feel are outside the scope of that. Um, we've switched this up a little in the past so I think for this one the box segment that we wanted to hear from you today um, was a little more broad more about what you think um, the positive impacts would be and what you think maybe more negative impacts would be um, of this kind of idea of affirmative action in Hollywood. So maybe casting someone on the basis of their race um, or, uh, you know, otherwise writing roles with that in mind. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting question. And is it okay if I start with the negatives? I think that would yeah, be... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, to you. Okay, so um, I think what I've realized is in this industry, if someone doesn't want to cast you because of your race, you don't want to work with them. You don't want to be on set with them. You don't want to have anything to do with them. So I think if we had affirmative action and people were forced to hire minorities, I think it would make it would just go for a bad a bad setting because you would have writers who were you know mad that their actors look different, directors who maybe are mean and a lot of situations that you don't want. So I think forcing anyone to do something that they don't want to do is not my idea of representation. I don't want to I don't want to be like the token black anything or the token girl or working on a being a gaffer or director or anything like that just because I can. I don't want to win any awards just because I can. Um, what I do think is the positive is that taking discussions like this, taking the time to imagine stories for 
you know, for women, for people of color, for disabled people, for LGBTQ people, um, taking the time to show that honestly makes for a better TV show. It makes for interesting characters. People don't want to see the same stories anymore. We want to see stories of the people that we know. And I think that's really important. And once you have that, you'll see you'll see like the most popular shows now are the shows that aren't that are diverse because it gives it gives you a variety of real stories that you can connect to. One of my Actually, favorite shows that just um, I think the the second season came out on Netflix was um, on my block. Um, and one oh. of the reasons I I love that show um, because there's diversity, but it's the storyline is written around not white characters um and it's really nice to see like latinx representation um and black representation too and it's not uncommon um and none of them are like defined by their race they're just normal people um but like you were saying like it was um still meaningful you know the meaning doesn't escape you to be able to see them being represented as normal people because i think that does bleed into like sophie was saying earlier our media reflects our culture and our culture reflects our media um so i think the more representation that we're going to see from that um will hopefully help people feel more comfortable um with that humanization too just generally so yeah definitely, definitely. keep fighting the good fight marie <laughs> yeah 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 thank She's you so much really a role model for everyone honestly. yeah People don't want to see the same thing every day or the same type of movie with the same um, characters all the time. They want to see diversity and they want to they want everybody to be appreciated. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Marie. Um, best of luck with everything. Um, what was the name of your book again that you just finished? How I Became a Teen Actor, Everything You Need to Know About Starting Your Acting Career. It's on Amazon. It's on my YouTube channel, which you can find at Marie Tagbo, my Instagram at Marie Tagbo. It's everywhere. So, yeah, just reach out. Nice. Yeah. And awesome. best of luck at school. I'm really excited to see yes. what stories yes. you create yes. and what stories you're part of. Um, I will be congrats. first in line at the movies. Yeah. Be sure to give us all a ticket to your yeah. Oscars nomination. Yeah. Yes. We need front <laughs> Don't row center us. seats. <laughs> We're the most important people in our life now. Exactly. Totally. Make sure to go follow Marie on her YouTube channel and everything, on her social media, everything. I, it's all on Marie Tagbo, I would assume. Yes, yeah. all of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and make sure to go buy her book on Amazon. And thank you guys for listening to Blurred Box with Chloe, Haven, Pooja, and Sophie. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of Blurred Box. We release episodes every Saturday. We'd love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and questions, which you can email to blurredbox88 at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Blurred Box for the latest update. Yeah, and that's all for today. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you Thank next time. You. Bye. Thank you. Bye.